Hello! Welcome back, everybody. A little episode 7 of Dom That's True. Of course, I am Truman Steen, always joined by Owen Dom, no matter the time. Owen, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, Truman. You know, I always like to plan my life around things, and sometimes the plan just doesn't work out, and sometimes it's totally my fault, but that's just according to plan. How's it going, buddy? Uh, <laughs> it's good, uh, you know. Uh, back. Uh, I kind of took a took, took a little bit of a week off here, and, you know, I... I, you know, I, I haven't streamed or done anything since that Tuesday that we recorded the last podcast. I was traveling to Kansas City and uh, mm-hmm. got to see my buddy get married, got to see some friends over the weekend, uh, some better than others, I guess. I don't know. Uh, some friend, more handsome than others, that's for sure. A friend on Saturday night, I don't know about that guy. Um, uh, I don't know. That guy seemed pretty handsome to me, but, you know. But I always do appreciate you being back here on Dom, that's true. Uh, again, I'm Truman Steen. Uh, also known as Steam Machine on Twitch and Twitter, joined by Owen Domination Seven on Twitch. Yes, sir. Dom, uh, back episode seven of Dom. That's true. Sorry, I got to collect my I thoughts know. here. Seems uh, like it's just yesterday, man. I know. Since since I haven't done anything since then, it's hard to get back in the swing of things here. But oh, we're gonna get through it. Um, so let's start. Let's start where we start all these episodes, Owen. Uh, let's start with a little bit of the cheat. Well, you know, eventually. Uh, I assume there will be an off season for the Chiefs. I don't. I don't know. You know, you never know with COVID. It could just be a year long season, just spaced out ever ever so slightly. But uh, let's get into it. Let's talk a little. Let's talk a little Chiefs. Um, this week a little better than last week, huh? <laughs> Chiefs kind of. <laughs> yeah, a little bit better showing, huh? <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Chiefs. I, Chiefs just crushed it this week. They dominated. They, you know, it, it looks like this looks like the Chiefs teams that we saw against the Texans. Like, the scoreline making it look like the game was actually close at any point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, same thing, too. You know, uh, the Bills marched down the field in their first possession, get a score. Chiefs answered back and just didn't didn't look back. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs Chiefs really dominated this one. Honestly, and, and we'll talk about it a bit. I think there was a few opportunities that they've missed to kind of make it a little more, a little more dominating, a little more – they – uh, certainly didn't play the cleanest of games, but they did absolutely kind of handle the Bills. The Bills, uh, no answer for the Chiefs' offense or the Chiefs' defense. They just, Josh Allen didn't look like himself. Uh, Claude Edwards-Alaire ran all over him. Um, mm-hmm. And the defense looks back to normal. I don't know what happened that last week, but, you know, they look good. I believe, I believe they... Held Josh Allen for this about the amount of passing yards that they gave up on those two long passes to the Oakland last week. So, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess entering yeah. the third quarter, uh, Josh Allen had sixty-six yards of passing. I mean, right. entering entering the fourth quarter, excuse me. Right, a hot take here, but Josh Allen might not be as good as Derek Carr, which is maybe well, we might we, get a classic. Uh, we just might see a uh, a Lamar Jackson syndrome going on here. Uh, just uh, absolutely. Uh, exterminate weaker teams, uh, play a good team, and just disappear. Yeah, disappear in the big games. Um, but again, the Chiefs did Chiefs did dominate this game. Um, so the question I want to ask you is, do you think that the Chiefs are your AFC favorites again? Did that, did that solve all the questions for you? Did that answer everything for you? Yeah, I, I, I really think they should be. I never really doubted the Chiefs after the Raiders' loss. It can't, I, looking back on it, and I saw this opinion on Twitter, it kind of seemed like the Chiefs were just challenging Derek Carr to throw the ball long because he hasn't really in the past. And Derek Carr just said, okay, and he, he gashed him long. So I, and, But like I said, a little bit of a fluky game with drop passes on third down and 
But and the Chiefs are just back to what they do. You know, Andy Reid found out that the Bills' uh, D line can't stop uh, the fourth and fifth and sixth string um, linemen for the Chiefs. And uh, Nick Allegretti kind of looked like a beast out there, uh, just pancaking people, getting called for holds. But which was which was horseshit. We can talk about that later. But I mean, the Andy Reid found out that they couldn't stop the run and uh, ran it with uh, all three of the current running backs on the roster, not named Le'Veon Bell, and they all ate. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, they they should be back as your AFC favorites. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs the Chiefs look the Chiefs look great. I'm, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I as as much as I talked down on the Chiefs the past two weeks, it's hard for me to. I don't want to be that guy that just says, well, you know, you know, and, and you get a little bit of, uh, we're we're by no means famous talking heads, but you know, we get we come out here and we kind of overreact every week and. Uh, Maybe I overreacted the last two weeks, but I can't. Uh, just... Oh no! Stop it! Whoa! Whoa! I know, whoa! I, I know. I can't, but I can't just overreact back the other way and go. Well, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again because they beat the right. Bills uh, in, in a rainy, super rainy game. So I'm not. <laughs> was, I'm not here to I'm say. I'm surprised there wasn't more drop passes, honestly. Right. I'm not here to say that, but I am. I'm just. Uh, I feel better. I feel better about them for sure. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot to like there. Um, they kind of went out there and showed you, uh, why they drafted Clyde Edwards Alaire and they just happened over the weekend to add another, uh, piece. They keep on finding room in this, in this cap, that cap situation where they had $177 in the middle of the summer, but, uh, add a, add a Le'Veon Bell for, uh, pretty dang cheap. Thanks Thanks, Adam Gase. We'll talk about we'll talk a little more about Adam Gase here in a bit. But uh, do you think the oh, and do you think Clyde Edwards-Alaire running a little angry because of Le'Veon Bell coming in? You know, I've heard this opinion, and I, I kind of discredit this opinion. I, I think the people that think that the Chiefs are bringing in Le'Veon Bell to be the number one running back are misguided and probably a little bit jealous of the Chiefs for being able to make this signing. Uh, the stats show that uh, that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is getting 60% of the touches right now, which leaves ample room for the other now three running backs on the roster to get touches. And it's going to look about what it looked like uh, this weekend against the Bills with Le'Veon Bell in there. You know, he's, he might get some third-down carries. He might take some carries from Daryl and, uh, and, uh, and uh, D-Train. But – this is something the Chiefs have shown us with all these running backs on the roster. Even even in the Super Bowl last year, we saw D-Train getting touches near the goal line. Andy Reid just likes to let all of his running backs eat at different times. Clyde edwards is still going to be the, the top guy, and then we'll probably see Le'Veon Bell in third down. Third down, but I, I, I mean, maybe, but I don't think that's the role. I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is in any like spot to be concerned about getting his carries taken by uh, Le'Veon Bell. Well, I, I I think it'd be silly to think that. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are like, "Well, this is kind of like the Lashawn McCoy signing of last year." Well, not really, right? It's like Lashawn McCoy was a little bit more past his prime. Le'Veon Bell, uh, they think there's still plenty of gas left in that tank, and it's not not quite the Lashawn McCoy situation. And sure, sure. and and we've seen those games where Clyde uh, just isn't effective and goes and runs the ball for three yards of carry, two yards of carry, just can't get anything done. Um, so I think this provides you that opportunity to, in those games, decrease his carries. But in the in the other games, uh, you can just not, you, you know, you can not have to worry about that. And uh, 
then you don't have to worry about that. And you just have that other option now. And that's, you know, I, so I, I think it's great. I think it's, I, I think it's awesome, but I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to say that Clyde Edwards, Alaire isn't going to have his carries decrease, but I think Le'Veon Bell being there is going to be uh, just another great option for a Chiefs offense that already had a lot of great options. It's- yeah, it, I'm there with you, but I do have to I have to kind of disagree with you in, in one spot too. I I don't think the signing is comparable to the LaShawn McCoy signing at all. I said it's and not. For, I, said, I said it's not. Yeah, sure, but I, for, for those fans that are thinking that, I'd like to point out one gigantic glaring thing. One... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire already has more rushing yards than Damian Williams did all of last year. Already. It's it's weird to think about. But for real, he's already got more rushing yards than he had all of last year. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's insane. Go, Go take a look. I'm looking. I'm like, you keep talking. I'm all... But, I mean, it's just not comparable. The Chiefs brought in LaShawn McCoy... Because he need they needed him to to share some of the load because they don't think Damian Williams is that guy. And play of Damian's great and all that, but it, it's just not a comparable situation. Okay. Okay. Uh, hold on. Sorry, it didn't. What, what did I see over there? Was it five hundred five? Yeah. No, you're right. He has seven more yards than him right now. Yeah. But, but. Damian Williams was in much more of a running back by committee situation, and he's not as right, good. Right, because he's because he's bad. I, I'm, I'm, right. no, I, he's, I was I, I stand Damian either. Williams in the, entering the 2019 season, but Damian Williams is not good, man. He's he's bad. I, I, I'm tired of people telling me otherwise. Who's a playoff Damian, and you know he can run the ball in the Super Bowl with the game with them defending the pass and only putting five in the box. And, he had some good runs, man. He probably should have been Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe he should have. But that doesn't mean he's good. Leonard right. Fournette has really good games too. And but with if you take away like two or three of Damian Williams' biggest runs last year, if you do what statistics tell you to do and remove the the outliers and remove the biggest and the smallest runs, Damian Williams is running for like maybe two point nine yards a carry. Oh, if you take like, away if you take away all his good runs and only keep the average to bad runs, he becomes bad to average. No, no. Well, I just know if you take away his worst runs, like and his best runs, like you should do with statistics and remove outliers, he becomes te- honestly bad, terrible. So yeah, no, uh, I, 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 we all we all know that he wasn't that he really wasn't being great. He, uh, Damian Williams didn't play great, and. Uh, he's not on this team after this season. I think. I think we can oh, all. Oh yeah, agree he made the that. worst possible decision to opt out. Well, terrible decision for him. Okay, all right. Uh, sometimes health is more important than a sport at times. So, worst, sure, but a- worst decision, worst financial decision, sure. Or well, maybe not. I mean, he's still signed a contract. He's still going to get traded and play under yeah, that sure. deal. I mean, I. Uh, you know, we can we can debate on, but I I. I, and, and I want to run the numbers by you for the performance that we saw last night. And we saw – what I think we, what we saw last night was the reason – we saw the reason that the Chiefs decided to draft a running back is that, is that what happened is the Bills decided to sit back, sit their cornerbacks deep, deep. And much like we – much like the Chiefs did last week where they said, Derek Carr, you got to beat us with the long ball. They said, Chiefs, you got to beat us with anything except the long ball. Uh, and – 
Uh, and that's, and I think that's why the Chiefs had to had to draft him. Uh, had to draft a guy like this. Had to draft a solid running back, a solid option that wasn't Damian Williams because it allowed. Because so so for the record, Clyde Edwards-Helaire had a great game last last night, right? Or yeah, last night, uh, last afternoon. You know, we don't Monday Monday afternoon games. We'll, we'll discuss that. I don't, I don't I don't know if we will discuss it, but that might be the only comment on it. But geez, um, he ran for 161 yards on 26 carries. That was a 6.2 average, which is great. And he only had a long of 31, which didn't mean he was busting out long runs and then having and having bad to average runs. He was running it about six yards every play is what it felt like. Um, he had, but the point of that is that 18 of his 26 runs came with six or less defenders in the box. That is 69% of his runs. Nice. But it's just, that's why the Chiefs had to have somebody like this. And um, it's a big benefit to the O-line when you don't have to, when you don't have to block blitzing linebackers and stuff because they want to, they want to hold everybody back. The O line was dominant, but they but they were a lot of times probably blocking five on four, and uh, there shouldn't be an offensive line in the NFL that can't win five on four. Right. So it was it was just it was a great night, but it was a you know an even better game an even better game plan I think by the by Andy Reid and uh, Eric Bieniemy there. And another another reason that you need to kind of start to consider Eric Bieniemy as a as your head coach is the yeah. adjustments that were made. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I guess, and so, so yeah, so that was that was a great performance. I'm interested to see what the dynamic will be once Bell gets here. We probably won't see him next week. Um, if I had to guess, because he he wasn't able to practice until was it today or is it Wednesday? I think it was literally today. I think. Um... It's either today or tomorrow when he starts. So, yeah, yeah, he should he should be practicing starting today or tomorrow. Yeah, so I guess well the Chiefs don't practice on Tuesdays anyways when it's a Sunday game. Um, right. But they uh, we're just again it's one of those things where I'm excited to see what happens, but I I uh, you know it won't probably change my mind about the Chiefs much. I think, right. you know, um, but I am excited to see what happens. Something that does concern me from, you know, we can't, when the Chiefs win, we, we like to heap a lot of praise. When the Chiefs lose, we like to heap a lot of, a lot of negatives. Um, but there are some questions coming out of this win, right? And I think my big question for, uh, that was kind of an outlier that we just haven't, haven't seen a lot in these Andy Reid teams in a long time. He, it's something that he's kind of nixed, but he had really uh, kind of bad situational management at the end of both halves last this week. Um, we saw we saw the the weird the the weird drive at the end of half where they didn't really decide to make a play at it, and then but they were because they were still passing the ball, but they weren't calling timeouts. And then but they had three two to three timeouts. They had three timeouts and I think a minute left. And it's like you didn't. Are we not? What are we? And then, you know, and then they start to make, and then they get to third down with 25 seconds left. They convert that. And then uh, Travis Kelsey gets the ball popped out. And then they sit back with 11 seconds left. Like the Bills can't run two, or with, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't three seconds, you know. It was like seven. Right, it was, yeah, or, 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 yeah, it was like nine seconds left. And they let that, they just left digs open for 40 yards. Like, right. That, that, uh, the, the, they don't have to go for the Hail Mary there. You don't, 
It's it's nine seconds. It's they're yeah, at their forty know. yard line. Why are we? Yeah, I don't know what the thought process was. I remember thinking a similar thing. Um, obviously, it didn't really end up affecting the game outcome. But well, because I guess because they missed the might. kick because they kick, missed the kick. They make the kick. The, the Chiefs are tied there, and then while the Chiefs do get the ball back, what are you? But the point is, is that you could have you could have kicked that field goal. You could have scored the touchdown. What are we? What, that was that was the most dumbfounding. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I remember because the Chiefs at the end, at the yeah, end, the, the Chiefs half. converted on that third down uh, with 35 seconds left, and then waited for the clock to tick about 12 seconds to call a timeout. I'm like, why are we not immediately calling timeout? Right, they really, I, I, they just couldn't make I up their know. mind. It felt like I was just, I was kind of confused. And then, and then at the end of the game, there, whoo, whoo, we are, we are close. We are real close to watching a heartbreaking Chiefs loss. We were about a half a second away, a, a, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire elbow barely being down from a heartbreaking loss. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought one, what would have been a Harrison Butker missed extra point, which is the weirdest thing that, that started happening. Right. But, I mean, he's missed four, and it's so funny because uh, it's like a 30, what was it, 32-yard attempt every time, right? Oh, something like that, isn't it? Like probably, I assume that because they kick it from the fifteen, so yeah, it's seventeen. So I assume thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's so funny because Butker, for whatever reason, on extra points is just like always like either skirting him closely inside the post or like missing him. It seems like he's only missed four. For us Chiefs fans, it seems like a lot because we've well, never because had this problem before. It, it seems like a lot because he's the worst at it in the league, and it, which doesn't make any sense because he's nails from. 30 yards on field goals. He sent the 30-yard field goal straight through the middle. And so uh, Chiefs fans are like, what's going on? It's, got, it's just kind of funny. Um, I don't think it's too big of a problem. Uh, obviously, you know, the fumble, almost fumbled by Clyde Edwards. Uh, he stays perfect so far. Um, well, not perfect. I think he has one fumble so far, right? Uh, one or two. I mean, the, this offense has, really hasn't turned the ball over that much. I think they had a, mm -hmm. another – was another perfect week? Did they – Oh, no, because Travis Kelsey fumbled. We just talked about it. Which was just a, a freak fumble from him. You know, he generally has very good ball security, it seems like to me. Sometimes um, they punch it out. Sometimes it gets punched out. Sometimes they Yeah, I thought it was funny, though, to see uh, Darwin Thompson always running with both hands over the ball. <laughs> I thought that was funny to see. Even when anyone even got close, he was really protecting it. But yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned with the situational management. I just think that, you know, maybe Andy Reid got a little bit of pain there with 40 seconds left. I don't think he, he, was, he was really expecting us – to, to, to gear up for a, a, a what would have been a 87-yard drive uh, in a minute. You know, something that the Chiefs can do, but I just don't think Andy Reid was all too interested. And then I think he just realized that, oh, we could have done it, but I don't think that was his plan ever. But, yeah, you know, almost fell by Clyde Edwards. Mm, There's a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas. Uh, yeah. The Chiefs could have picked a couple uh, floating balls that were ricocheted. The Bills could have picked a couple balls mm, yeah. that were ricocheted. You know, coulda, woulda, shouldas. Don't matter at the end of the day to me. Yeah, it's coulda, coulda, shoulda, wouldas are kind of different when it's strategical. Shoulda, shoulda, can't, blah blah. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's I, I am, I am here to pick warning signs, right? I'm, I'm not here to say, well, they have won, they won this game, so they will never lose again. I'm here to pick out options of where they might lose again, and the fact that they, they blew that that set the the possession at the end of the second half at the end of the first half and came close to blowing the game at the end of the second half i just yeah you know 
I'm just. I don't know. I'm gonna start calling you Truman Caution Steve. You're you're always spinning up these cautionary tales, like, oh, what if this would have happened against the Chargers? And oh, we we saw it against the Bills. Should we be concerned? You, I, I think you're underestimating the Chiefs. I might be overestimating the Chiefs a little bit, but uh, if if you keep, I don't know. I'm gonna start calling you Truman Caution Steve for for, did, for right now. Did I miss the part where the Chiefs were undefeated? Did I miss that part? Truman. No, you did not. But how many t- how many times are the Raiders going to gash people for fifty yard gains four times in a game? You think that's going to be a common occurrence? At least once a year. Okay, and then it just so happened that it was against the Chiefs. Congrats, congrats, Raiders! You won your Super Bowl in the middle of the season. Don't care. This is the kind of stuff that we've seen from Andy Reid. We're just you're being Truman Caution Steen because. You're, you've been a Chiefs fan your whole life, and this is the kind of stuff we've seen, All but you're right. forgetting about one thing, Truman. One thing. Patrick LaVon Mahomes. The second. The second <laughs> yes, thank Is you. the quarterback yes. of this team. This man fakes going out of bounds, which, by the way, people say that was a, a cheap play that he did. Those Bills tacklers were always going to be hitting him on the sideline there. Yeah, they were, no, they were no not slowing rule. down. There's no unwritten there. rules in football. Yeah, it, it, it ain't and, baseball. And, and, and Take he wasn't, and they were coming for the tackle anyway. It's not runs. like, it's not like when we saw maybe in the Titans game in in the AFC Championship where he might have deked a couple defenders into not tackling him. These Bills tacklers were going to be hitting him this whole time. Ever and since he, Dan Marino faked that spike, there's no honor amongst the NFL. That's <laughs> that. Yeah, that's a pretty no, disgusting. There's no, play, there's no, gen, there's no gentleman's honor. In the and NFL I think, anymore. and I think it's people talk about that Dan Marino play more if he uh, actually gets it done in the big game, but. uh we don't really talk about that. Well, I mean, it's still, he was the first one to ever do it. Many people have done it since, but he was the first one to really do it, you know? It's just an iconic play. <sighs> Sadly, it's probably one of the most iconic plays of his career since he never did get the big one, but. Oh, but he did <laughs> sauce a bunch of people in an era where people weren't getting sauced like that, so he'll always have that. All right, going from a bunch of hypotheticals, I want to ask you kind of a bigger brain question here. All right. Owen. Um,. There's there's unrated facts. So so the, this Chiefs game uh, with the Bills was originally scheduled scheduled for Thursday night. Yep. Schedu- scheduled. Um, scheduled for Thursday night. We've got got it moved to Monday afternoon because of the Titans fiasco there. Uh, cheating, by the way. Cheating, by the way. They should have been forced to forfeit. They they literally cheated. They practiced when they weren't supposed to. But we can talk about that later. I mean, cheating is they. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know if that's, but uh, the so the underrated fact here is that the Chiefs uh, had to play on Monday night again, and so now right. they'll play on Sunday. Um, yeah. What the Thursday night game has kind of become over the years, and the week following it is that it's kind of a mini bye week. You kind of get that you get a week and a half until your next game, and it allows you to it allows you to rest. If you remember last year, uh, do you remember what happened on the Chiefs Thursday night game, Owen? Uh, which would that be the Patrick Mahomes injury game? That would that one hundred percent would be the Patrick Mahomes injury game. But what what was important about that being on the Thursday is that he's then had that week and a half to heal it uh, until their next game, and he only ended up missing two games after that. He only he only ended up missing the the Green Bay game and the Minnesota game, and he went one and one in those. And the thing about and shout out Matt Moore by the way, he balled out. Yeah, shout out Matt Moore, but. The thing about it is, is there, and for a Chiefs team that's banged up, you know, we saw, 
you, just like we were talking about, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh uh, string offensive linemen, Mitchell Schwartz was out, which, it, but he's been, and I think that's an underrated fact. I think Mitchell Schwartz has been hobbled all year. He could have used a mini bye week as much as the next guy. There's a lot sure. of guys on this team that could use the mini bye week, and now we're and now we're on normal weeks rest, and we don't get that little extra bump until yeah until, I'm, until I'm that go. late in the season bye week, which is normally nice because you get to get healthy right before everything gets really important. But still, right. I'd like to 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 slightly even bigger brain you, Truman. I think we've already had two mini bye weeks. We've had a game moved from Thursday to Monday. There's a mini bye week right there that we thought we were getting. And we've had several games move from Sunday to Monday, which is an extra day of rest. I've had my potassium today, dude. My, my neurons are firing right now. So I just, you know, I, I do like that thought. I do think it probably does affect us. But I'd like to remember, uh, remind you of the opponent that the Chiefs are facing this week. We're facing St. Luke's East Hospital Ward number four. Yeah, We're facing arguably the most injured team in the NFL, they've the Broncos are pretty decimated. Although, aren't they due? The Drew Locke's got to be due to be back here soon, right? Yeah, he's been injured though. Like, like, yeah, he's going to be back, but in, in what way? He's it was, if I remember correctly, it was a it was a foot injury that he show, that he suffered. So no, it was a shoulder. It was a shoulder injury. Oh, oh only a shoulder. Oh, okay. So you don't need that to throw a football. God, <laughs> somebody had to remind me that San Francisco is more injured. They have 21 players on IR right now. <laughs> on IR? Oh my goodness! I didn't. And they won. They beat the Rams. Yeah, uh, we're. Uh, I don't know what's going on in San Francisco because then, then, but then they look awful last week. And yeah. then they look good, but then they look good again this week. They lost to the Eagles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm And then I, you know who else looked terrible against the Eagles? Our boy LaFraud Jackson throwing balls into the ground randomly, still winning the game by only three oh. against a trash Eagles team. I was like uh, LaFraud. I, I, I was like, who the hell's LaFraud? Lamar. That would be uh, a, a, a position you, player playing you, quarterback. You kid, oh, okay. You kids in your hip lingo and you're running quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, I, I do think there might be a small component to the Thursday mini bye week, but I think that the Chiefs have an opportunity uh, to go to smash this Broncos team and, and rest a lot of people. Yeah, I'm. but I think I think that's going to be a big part of this year as it gets, as since we're having the COVID-shortened year or not the COVID shortened year, but the COVID affected year is I think you're going to, you, you can't count on that bye week to be where you think it's going to be. And I, so I think, yeah. I think a big, it's going to be like baseball and, and where you have to, where you have to pick your spots. You have to pick, Oh, well, okay. I think we're going to see, I think you're going to see Mahomes sit a few fourth quarters coming up. And uh, if they do get up big, but the Chiefs haven't been blowing anybody out. This is really frustrating. Right. A- but I mean, it's not like we ever sat in like that that Raiders game last year, forty to nine. We didn't even take out Mahomes, like which until like the last series, which was idiotic, by the way. But I don't, you know, just trust in Veach, dude. He, he's yeah. got studs from left bench at San Francisco Tech Junior yeah. High, ready to come in and ball. So well, and that's your other that's your other benefit, Dad, in Le'Veon Bell is I, I I haven't even thought about this till just now, but running backs do take a lot of a lot of wear and tear, and 
not only that, but generally rookies, uh, a lot of them have that little bit of a rookie of a rookie drop once they reach uh, the length of the NFL schedule, which is you know three to three to four three to four games longer than your average uh, college football schedule. So it's uh, it's fairly important to get somebody in there to kind of ease ease some of this pressure off of Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire to make sure that his body can hold up late in the season. And, uh, or if it doesn't, either, either you run the crap out of him right now and then you just switch it on to Le'Veon Bell late in the year, or you mix it up now and get Le'Veon Bell in there and you, know, you frustrate Clyde Edwards-Alaire owners, but you uh, make Chiefs fans happy. Which, which we learned on the last episode of, uh, well, actually two episodes ago of Don That's True, that they don't care about your fantasy stop it so you know the Chiefs running back room is incredibly deep and correct me if I'm wrong but have I don't think we've seen a Chiefs running back injury since Spencer Ware uh three years ago when he was the workhorse for the Chiefs so apparently this running back by committee thing's been doing pretty well yeah yeah I'm with you um so yeah so that feels like a good spot to leave the Chiefs. Um, always, is it time always, for the best segment? It is time for the best segment of the week where we get to talk about the most exciting division in the NFL. Woo! That's what I'm talking about, baby! Owen, oh, it is time for the AFC South Team of the Week. Owen. Yes, who's sir. Your, who's your AFC South Team of the Week? It's the Titans. The Titans. They beat a team that they shouldn't have beaten. Uh, a lot of people say that uh, Romeo Cornell was in the wrong for trying to go up nine. I'd like to point out that Absolutely he was not, not wrong. Always go for the win. Nothing has ever frustrated me more as a Chiefs You're, fan than the Chiefs not going for the absolute throat stop win. You're one in four. You're one in four, and you have an interim head coach. Go for it. Put exactly. it away. But big ups to the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry just balling the heck out. 21 carries, 212 yards, two TDs. That's disgusting. But, you know, like we said, in this COVID strange year, how long can he stay healthy? But as of right now, you know, and Ryan Tannehill kind of balling out. But as of right now, the AFC South team in my league is the got to be the Titans. Yeah. And I, uh, uh, first off, uh, there's some people in the chat here trying to say the most, the most exciting division in football is the NFC East. Uh, anybody who thinks the most Stop. exciting fo- division in football is the NFC East uh, can fuck up, fuck right off. Um, that's it's like rock, it's like being the, being the smartest the smartest horse. Great job, guys! You did it. Um, uh, for my AFC South team of the week, it's also the Titans. Um, you know, we talk about we talk about the Romeo Cornell situation where a lot of people were questioning about whether or not he should have gone. He should have gone for two to put him up nine. I want to talk to you about another late, another late minute, a late in the clock situation there that happened on that same drive that they happened to score that touchdown. Um, the uh, there was a coaching decision, and and it's one of those things that's not not seen. Like uh, like there's a coaching. So so the famous um, Malcolm Butler pick at the at the goal line in the Super Bowl uh, for the for the Patriots. Um, over the, the ball. Yeah. Um, what a lot of people want to talk about is, is leading up to that play. There was, there was the, th- there was the idea that Belichick was going to take a timeout and because they had run the ball twice, um, and they had been, they had been moving and they had been going, uh, and you know, they were at, they're at the goal line. Everybody figured, well, Belichick's going to call a timeout because he wants to save the clock for the. 
for the uh, uh, just for the for the next drive to make to make a comeback. Um, and what Belichick didn't do was call timeout, and then all of a sudden, Pete Carroll doesn't have an extra minute to get himself ready to figure think about what he's going to call and what's going to happen. And so what happens? He goes and he throws the pick. And that's one of those underrated things that you don't see and you don't think about. Where it's like, huh, that is kind of odd. And so one of those moments kind of happened on that drive where, um, and, and it's counterintuitive, right? Because you're like, well, the, the guy's just playing to lose then, I guess. But Vrabel, it was second and one for the Texans. And they were at, they were at their own, they were at the Titans 20. The Texans were driving the ball. And mm-hmm. they were just, they weren't, you know, they weren't, they, they weren't going to get stopped. It, I mean, the odds that they were going to convert on second and one or third and one was high. And right. so what Vrabel went and did to save clock, because not only, but, uh, oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, as I do a lot. Um, what Vrabel did is he sends a 12th player out there on the defense. Houston tries to run a play. They throw the flag. Houston gets the automatic first down. But... The clock stops, and it doesn't run anymore. There's no runoff, because it, that's not how it works. So the clock stops, and then the, te- and then the Texans score on, uh, like, two plays later. And Vrabel gets to save a timeout. He gets to stop the clock, and he basically just gives them five yards, when, uh, five yards that they would have already gotten, but he gets that extra amount of time. And then you turn around, and you see them score with three seconds left. So it's just, that's, that's just where we're, that's, you know that's where that's where we're at. Is is he just got to save? You know the twenty seconds by just saying, you know what, we're not going to stop them here. And and we're gonna they're gonna have to score. And we're gonna it was, it was like letting them. It's like letting the the guy score when you're down when you're down three with four, four, five minutes left. And it's like not stopping them at the at at the two yard line and just letting them go in instead. And everyone right. goes, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, it kind of does. Because if you get five minutes back, you can go down and score that touchdown or kick that field goal and then and then make your moves. All you're going to do by stopping that guy at the two-yard line is probably kill an extra 30, 30 seconds to a minute to rally. So, um, so yeah, so, I, so that's a long way to say that, uh, again, the Titans are my team of the week. They did uh, kind of prove themselves a lot. I've, I've got more to say about the Titans here coming up. But I'm, you know, I'm super – uh, impressed by what they did there and, and the rally. I mean, it was Houston. Uh, what I'm really interested to see what they do this this upcoming week. Right, they um, look actually pretty good. They actually right. look, they look good against the Titans. And, you know, if that one play, you know, if that, if that two-point uh, two conversion goes the other way, they win the game. And and we're not talking about the Titans right now. I uh, might still be we talking be, about – We won't uh, be talking about the Texans either, but <laughs> – Right, I mean, but we we wouldn't even mention we wouldn't even mention this. Like, it's just such a uh, first of all, such a mumble by me, but yeah. such a good uh, yeah. such a good showing from the Texans to come away with a loss. Like, I think that the Texans should probably feel good about themselves, and we might see a turnaround Texans team. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't, I don't hate, it. I don't, yeah. Um, they're not going to turn it. They're not going to make you know. They're not going to make much noise, but they're going to be. They probably won't have the first spot in the draft. Oh, of course uh, I'll we save my I'll be. save my canned coach of the week for that one. But um, the yeah, an an honorable mention to the Colts. They did they did manage to beat the Bengals barely. Um, that was really frustrating to watch a team like the Colts just go out there and go down fourteen zero to start off the game against the Bengals. I'm like, come on, I just need you, 
just I need you to cover seven and a half. You know what are you? What are we doing <laughs> here? What are we? Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah. Since the Colts, since the Colts didn't help me cover, I can't possibly pick them to be my AFC South team of the week. Uh, Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe they lost, but they're always a bunch of fun, and I I keep on betting on them, and <laughs> I they just keep on disappointing me. It's awesome. Um, hey, trust those numbers, Truman. It'll come off eventually. All right. So that was so that was the AFC South team of the week. Oh, and who made the best MVP case for you this week? I really hope we're not on the same page here because I think we're both going Titans players here. But I think uh, okay, we're not. You're not. You're not going Titans players. No, okay. I have, I actually have a surprise pick. All right. Again. Well, this is a really spicy pick. And uh, I think Derrick Henry is uh, making his case for MVP. It's just so hard. It's uh, so it is hard. so hard. But you know what's not hard for him? <laughs> Apparently torching defenses. Uh, it, like 10 yards a carry in an NFL game? Are you, are you joking me? Like 21 carries, 212? That's, that's heinous. I think he has like over 500 yards rushing at least already you know let me look up the exact number but that he's just been he's been doing this for for five weeks straight now if he continues his pace which you know seems unsustainable he's he's he's, got he he's gonna have a serious case he's got the benefit of doing it last season as well because i think that's what it would take is for a position player to win it is to them for them to do it for two consistent seasons and that he was such an impact player last year if he is the best running back in the league and he goes and challenges, you know, if he makes you think about those rushing records, makes you think about rushing for over two, uh, over two grand, then he'll have a push. But I mean, I think that's what it would take from him to do it as I think the Titans would have to be the two or three seed in, in the AFC he would have to consistently be the best player on that field all the time, and he would have to come close to breaking. I no, right. I think he would have to break records. I don't. I don't even think he would have to come close. I'm. I'm not afraid to say that I think he would have to break records to still win it. And that's. It's that's, certainly that's possible a lot to ask. With the the quarterback play that we're seeing, so uh, as of right now, <laughs> as of right now, uh, for some reason ESPN and everybody really doesn't want to update their stats. So he's he's got six touchdowns so far. He's got si- almost 600 yards through through five games, which is ridiculous. Over 100 yards rushing a game. Uh, he's averaging he's not averaging very high at 4.8, but still almost five. And that's actually good for like 14th in the league. But and he's getting the majority of the carries. He's got the most in the league at 123. So he's got 588 yards, six touchdowns. We're not going to be talking about averages in MVP races. Who cares? No one right. talks about uh, average yards per throw when we're when we're reviewing quarterbacks, so we're not going to talk about that. They but, should, but yeah. you know they, they they probably should. But if he's uh if he continues on this pace, you know he's going to have like maybe it's almost a two thousand yard season. Like that's insane. Yeah, I he's think I put him eighteen hundred yard season projected right for right now. Put him right at eighteen hundred yards, eighteen yards. touchdowns. That's Six, ridiculous. 600 so, times 600 for 5 times 3 that 1800 you're looking at. Yeah, 19, a it, little a little 1900 uh, knocking on 2000 probably. Right. Yeah, so that's my MVP case of the week. It's uh if Derrick Henry continues to absolutely be insane uh 
he might end up with the MVP. Yeah, and again, I mean, uh, they ran the hell out of him last year too, so the question is going to be durability there. If, right. And, I mean, you know, if he is knocking on nineteen hundred two grand, I think it's going to be he'll be in the conversation for sure. He'll he'll get votes. You right. Know? Um, and so I like to. I, I don't know. I'll just keep on. I don't. I don't know if I'll, I can't promise I'll do this every week. But uh, I, again, I kind of thought outside the box. My MVP MVP case of the week. Um, right. My MVP case of the week is somebody who actually didn't play. Uh, the the player that is for, that made the best MVP case this week is Russell Wilson. Um, at the end of the day, Lamar Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes were both mediocre, and uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Josh Allen were both uh, bad. They oh, both yeah. and b- both were bad in their teams getting dominated. And Lamar and Mahomes, uh, Lamar escaped. He played. He played poorly. He he threw for. I think I want to say I checked it out. I think he like one seventy, one touchdown, oh, shocking, one dude. interception, like bad. And so Lamar Lamar didn't play very well. And Mahomes played fine. But like we like we talked about, they ran the hell out of. They ran the hell of him with Clyde Edwards. I think I think mm-hmm. Mahomes only had two twenty five. And this is another point here. ESPN, I have an issue. I now have an issue with ESPN and their QBR rating. Josh Allen had a QBR rating of 85 with a pick and like a 50% completion percentage and like 144 uh, like 144 I beg yards. Your partage. Check ESPN's box score. It was in. Uh, it was insane. I, I and I'll pull. I'll pull it up because I. You know I'm a big. I'm gonna pull it up I'm, too. I'm a big. Don't make somebody else look at it if if you said it. Uh, but um, here. But th- this isn't what this is about. What? But ESPN. I don't know what Q, what this QBR stat is. Yeah. So so Mahomes went 21 and 26. Allen went 14 and 27. Mahomes 225. Josh Allen, 122. Uh, Mahomes had almost double the average amounts of yards per throw. They both threw touch, two touchdowns. Mahomes didn't throw an interception. Mahomes only got sacked once. And Mahomes' QBR rating was four points lower. But his quarterback rating, the actual quarterback rating itself, was 55 points higher. I'm... ESPN, I, I, I don't know what that stat is, but now I'm, I'm questioning... Using using it, is that the semi-pro football out of focus stat? Is no, that, is no that QBR is a no QBR is a purely ESPN stat. The one that says Mitchell Schwartz isn't even top ten at no, tackle. No QBR is a is a purely ESPN quarterback rating stat. Well, that they that they don't love to uh, give the, give all the the secrets uh, the proof. Just just it's, one they word. They, they don't love to show you how the sausage is made. I just have one word. Disgusting. Disgusting. That's they gotta stop. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So that's. So. Uh. Again, off topic, but yeah. So for, for my MVP case of the week, it's a it's a little non traditional, but I think Russell Wilson got the most help this week because the four other guys, while Russell Wilson got to rest up and get healthy, the four other guys kind of shit the bed. All right. The, I mean, I don't think Mahomes shit the bed, but Lamar, uh, the the fact that he got close was bad. And Rodgers and Allen yeah. getting absolutely swamped was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Rodgers looked as bad as he's looked in years. That was awful. Yeah, that was pretty strange. I was shocked watching that in the airport. Um, but moving on from uh, MVP case of the week, let's talk canned coach of the week. They've got yeah, so, canned uh, coaches. 18-yard line. Gotta, gotta keep this one short. Yes. Uh, right. Gotta go. Right. You, you okay? 
Yeah, sorry. I, I had a Chiefs radio thing start playing in my ear. Oh, yeah, from ESPN. Yeah, yeah I had the same I, thing happen, I, too. I, I, that happened to me a couple that. times, actually. I but anyway, uh, well, I'll keep the, it short. Because the first video doesn't play. The second video plays with sound. The first video right, was which muted. Which doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay yeah sorry sorry yeah. What Th- thanks a lot espn that's that's two whammies for you so far you're getting some the squinty eyes of distrust from me right um, but, they, but they made anyway. it on the podcast so anyway uh can coach of the week gonna keep it real short um i'm gonna be talking about hot seat coaches uh obviously as you can take from this new segment uh, i don't like to pick coaches who have been canned i like to put co- think of coaches that who i think should be canned well nobody's been and canned. i think I think uh, Mr. Joe Judge in uh, New York is on the hot seat. I know he's a brand new coach with nothing, but his team isn't even competitive. They're he, the, like, la- what do you mean? They picked, up, the, they, picked up, they picked up their first win. What do you mean? Don't, don't what do you mean? You can't pick him. You can't pick him in a week where he wins. You yes, can't I can. do that. You can't I do sure that can. too. You can't do that, to Joe Judge. It, their teams haven't looked good. They just look disgusting. Um, I think Joe Joe Judge is on the hot seat. I mean, they, they beat the Washington football team because Riverboat Ron went for two, but they won. You can't be upset. You can't be. The, you can't kick the man when he's up because you can't I reach sure him. Can. You can't I'm, reach him I'm, because he's I'm too far it. up. I'm jumping. That's I'm insane. jumping. Uh, I'm going to kick a man while I'm he's jumping down. to kick him. His I'm teams gonna, need to compete against more teams than uh, the second most injured team in the league, uh, the Washington football team. Um, he, he's going to have to reach new heights for, well, from me. Well, while you're trying to kick a man while he's up, I'm going to keep it in the same stadium and kick a man while it's down. Adam Gase is still employed. How is he still employed? Fire Adam Gase. This is getting ridiculous. He's traded away Le'Veon Bell. I think he traded away another defensive tackle this week. Just what are we doing? Just just get rid of him. I think he's get committing to the, to the complete rebuild, which he started three years ago. So He's... Nobody wants to play for him. They all think he's crazy. Here's and here's something that was on that 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 was going around today. Owen, do you, the odds right now for the Jets to go zero and sixteen are at plus three seventy yes and minus five hundred no. And while that doesn't sound insane, the insane there's odds on that, and it's not like it's not plus five thousand. It's just it's just plus three seventy. You're not even That's, yeah. The right. odds are. They're still, you know, they're still unlikely, but they're not unbettable now. Right. You know, I saw plus 370. I'm like, they are bad. Yeah, I, you know. They might not feel the team for the rest of the season. Not because of yeah, Corona, basically, just because uh, he trades everybody away. Yeah, basically what I've heard is, uh, is that they're just saying, we're willing to trade anyone not named Betka. Uh, their their defensive line uh, star. I think his name is Bekita. Uh, it's Bekta. I think. I think it's Michael Bekta. Um, he he's their star. He's a stud defensive lineman. Sure. But basically, um, you're the names They're, guy they're saying sure. everybody except for him is on the trade block. That's the guy that they tried to play uh, while he was injured. By the way, um, of the guy who they re-injured because they're morons. Did Adam Gase um, give him some of his smelling salts that he takes before the game? I think he tried to give him some crack because that is what they're smoking in 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 New Jersey right now. Um, the whole stadium. I don't, I don't know. Him man. and Joe Judge it's, are hot boxing crack in, in the coaches in yes. the coaches' office. While he was on crack. Yes, thank you. Yeah, shout out Stephen A. Uh, whose birthday was just the other day. So uh, once again, double shout out Stephen A. But a weird, a weird call. Uh, nice. 
Uh, just yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Fire him. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> moving on. Move from, on. Move on. Moving on from coaches, the teams and coaches that are going in the wrong direction. Let's move on to our uh, weekly team that's moving in the right direction. Oh, and who's your new playoff team of the week? Yeah. So this is a team where um, we've been really skeptical of. We've called them frauds, but I think if they continue to get dubs, we kind of have oh. to call them a playoff team. And I know you know exactly where I'm going with this. They're a playoff team right now. You're not right. But uh, they've beaten teams that have looked good, actually. Well, sure. And they've also beaten garbage teams. Yeah. But I think the uh, the Chicago Bears might have to be a team we have to consider to be a playoff lock. Beating the Buccaneers, who are soaring right now. Beating the Panthers, who are you know kind of a topsy-turvy team, but certainly competitive. And My new the Bears have been looking good. Space, so. we, we, we've been asking this question, can the Bears' defense carry them? It looks like the answer might be yes. So for right now, uh, the Bears are my new uh, NFL playoff team of the week. And don't look now, but they are atop the NFC North because uh, only because Green Bay's only played five games and they've played six. Uh, but they're, they both have one loss. But, yeah, that, that's a big loss by Green Bay last last night. Um, yeah, and I think I think the uh, Green Bay's loss is way worse than the Bears' loss. Uh, the Bears have since moved on from their starter in their loss to the Colts. So, and Aaron no, Rodgers looked no, really they'd already, bad. They'd already moved on to that starter by the time because they they changed it in the lost in the in the win against the Falcons. And then Nick well, Foles uh, color me red. Awful. Anyway, anyway, Colts. Uh, Bears new playoff team of the week. That's your new playoff team of the week. Um, I've kind of got a weird one, and mostly just because I was kind of – they've just been in a weird spot up until this year, up until this week, where they really kind of came back and they were like, okay, maybe they are. But my – and this is going to sound like a dumb answer or like a, well, that's kind of a guess is going to be your response to this. But my new playoff team of the week is actually still the Titans. Uh, it was also my AFC South team of the week. And, you know, I think I was kind of holding off because they – you know, they missed some games, and the Colts are one game. You know, I think they've lost one game, right? And so, you know, the Colts aren't, like, super far behind them. But uh, it was, like, you know, just because they're actually playing now and they've proven that they're going to be able to play these games, why not? Um, yeah, why not Why not the Titans? They're going to be my pick this week. Um, All right. No, they look solid. They look solid. Tannehill's, Tannehill's been saying, uh, I might be old as hell, but uh, I can still sling it. And uh, we've all been trying to count him out the last three years, but apparently he can still sling it. So, Yeah, I think I think we were all kind of waiting to see what he did after his follow-up. And, you know, and they and they had that gritty win against, uh, against the Houston Texans. Team. Yeah, Mike Vrabel really making a, himself a case for coach of – Coach, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Uh, it'll well, it'll be interesting to see how all their, all the dumb COVID stuff they did will play into that. Because, you right. know, coach they of the year. Cheaters. Besides the fact that they had to miss that they missed a fair amount of games and had to consider forfeiting. Yeah, and well, I did, you know, and cheating, I did write uh, that down. Know. I did write that down that the Titans are my new playoff team of the week as long as they don't have to start forfeiting games. So. That is, right. that is you my know, own caveat. But, you know, Mike Vrabel does come from New England where they like to cheat, so we have to probably keep a watchful eye on it. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the Titans get a fairly a fairly soft schedule. They're 5-0, and and they get to – but we'll find out. We'll, and, and they'll be my play, new playoff team of the week next week as well if they beat Pittsburgh this week. Oh, yeah, be a, that'll, that'll be a hell of a game. That'll be a good game. Yes, sir. Um, but 
yeah, so that, that'll do for our, our uh, partner segments here. Well, for our partner NFL segments. Owen, Owen, you got, a, <laughs> you, Owen you got our Owen Dom. Are we going to go a doming play of the week or damning play of the week? Do you I wanna, think we should just kind of like do whatever and just like leave the viewers uh, salivating over which word I'm going to say this week. Okay, all right. Owen, what is your whatever play of the week? Yeah, so this week we're going to uh, Owen Dom's damning play of the week because damn, bro, he's got to stop. He's got to stop this. If you know, people in Philadelphia are, are trying to argue that this dude is like really good MVP candidate, he's gotta stop fumbling, bro. It's ridiculous. It's costing him his team games. Yeah, maybe maybe the Eagles scored in twenty-two all most of their twenty-two uh, twenty-eight points, all tw- twenty-two of them in the fourth quarter. Nobody in Philadelphia but, thinks Carson Wentz is an MVP candidate. By the way, dude, y- y- you're shocked. You would be shocked. They're delusional out there, but. Carson Wentz has got to stop fumbling, and his fumble early on against the Ravens is my is my damning play of the week. You know, Eagles were driving. I believe they're on the Ravens' uh, thirty yard line, and Wentz goes for a scramble, and he was he was running good up until that point. And he fumbles. It's it's got to stop if the Eagles want to win games. It's a very winnable game against a uh, against a Lamar Jackson led uh, Ravens that did not look good in that game. Looked vulnerable, looked weak. Winnable game for the Eagles, who are on a high note after beating the Niners. And just a momentum killer and absolute murdered the, all of their momentum. And they had to play from behind for the rest of the game. He, he's got to control the ball better, Carson Wentz. It's got to get better, man. That's that's my damning play of the week. I'm shocked to see you not go with uh, whatever that whatever that two point conversion was to tie the, to try and tie the game at the end there. But yeah, I mean, either way, they do end up losing by two, and they you know they just don't uh, they don't they don't get it done. So yeah, I guess you could really pick any anywhere there. Um, yeah, I I like to choose uh, for the damning plays plays that end up being more consequential. Like for example, I didn't choose the Romeo Cornell two point conversion because I'm never gonna be upset with somebody for going for the win. Um, playing to win uh, is something that I've always respected. My teams tend to not teams that I cheer for tend to play not to lose, and I've always hated that. Uh, I always respect a coach that goes for the win because either either you win or you lose off that play. You don't maybe play to maybe not lose. So yeah, yeah, yeah and that's why I didn't go for that two point conversion. Uh, it obviously failed, but you know you wouldn't have needed to be there if you put up seven in that first quarter. So yeah, I don't I don't hate it there. Um, and then moving on from the Dom's, uh, damning play of the week this week, uh, let's move on to the Steen spotlight player of the week. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little bit of a twofer here. I want to point out a player that's as, uh, emerging as the number one option there in Pittsburgh down, uh, down, down there and the, in the steel city, uh, Chase Claypool, the wide receiver, the rookie wide receiver has really burst on the scene here the last two weeks. Um, this this is and again like we said this is kind of a this is kind of a bonus a bonus one considering last week where he had where he had seven receptions on eleven targets for 110 yards three touchdowns um, but you know he followed it up with another solid performance he only had four targets but he caught all four seventy and he had seventy four yards and he even got it done he he did put it he he, he did add a rushing touchdown uh, with it with a with a score. Um, on on one of his two rushes for seven yards so it's uh so he's just he's he's emerging as another option and uh when for a team that miss misses wide receivers missed that second wide receiver to kind of uh compliment juju smith schuster who has started to get really 
heavily covered because he's their only wide receiver. Now with another option there, that offense becomes dynamic enough to to help Big Ben out, which can help their defense, which is going to be their defense is going to be where they where winning games for them start. But having two wide receivers that can help out Big Ben takes even the pressure off the defense there. And so having him step up and be big is huge for this Pittsburgh team. And uh, so, and he's really stepped up. So yeah, Chase Claypool, and he's he's now their leading wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the season. Chase Claypool is my Steen Spotlight Player of the Week. Congrats. And real quick, before we move on to the MLB, Truman, I'd like to add a, a funny tweet that I saw. Um, I saw I follow a couple of Ravens fans on Twitter just because it's fun to follow them because they're really vocal and kind of delusional <laughs> sometimes. It's fun to see what they say. But uh, so obviously Ravens fans are not a fan of the Steelers, big in-division rival. <laughs> and they were just mentioning how Steelers always get away with choosing random wide receivers that are breakout stars. And and this tweet said, uh, man, the Steelers could draft some someone named Poo Poo PP Toilet Face and have him be a stud uh, wide receiver one two option. And <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious and true because man, they, they seem to find wide receivers out of nowhere out there in the Steel City. It's not wrong. I also saw I also saw some Ravens fans that thought they're they're going to trade for Julio Jones. So. That that was laughable, by the way. That's, I've heard that's so I've heard funny. they're shopping Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And if you're Atlanta, who's gonna fire their who already fired their coach, why not? Why not get go get go get some first round draft picks. Give your give your head coach give your next head coach the best opportunity as possible. Uh, yeah, and you know, I just commit to the tank for Trevor. Fuck fuck it. Uh, the, the Ravens just don't seem like they have the front office that makes the right moves. Um, the Ravens drafting Lamar Jackson was good. What they haven't. Yeah, dude, they don't they don't they don't make those front mid-season office. moves. They don't make those mid-season moves. The Marcus Peters trade last year? That boosted their defense to a whole nother level. Yeah, but I, I didn't even think that was the right move at the time. Marcus Peters was playing like dog shit. Oh, okay. Alright. 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 Right. You, what? You're gonna say he wasn't playing like dog shit in LA? He was terrible. I mean, in he LA, was like bottom five corner. But I know I'm, I'm just saying all right to you. You shitting on the Baltimore front office. I I, I just I, love shitting on Baltimore, right? I mean, you know, you know, maybe you got know. me here. I've heard you. I've heard you. I've heard you. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Come here for a Ravens hate. I'm, I'm always full of it in all full right. of it in more than one way. Yeah, you're full of a lot of things. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on from the Ravens hate. That's a good, always a good spot to leave the NFL when you're Owen Dom is uh, as mm-hmm. in a place of hate with the Ravens. Um, let's move on to the, uh, the MLB. We're starting the World Series tonight. It's being played right now, and uh, we'll give you the live score update uh, for people that will be listening on Thursday. Uh, LA is up 6-1 in the top of the sixth. Oh, no. Nice. My poor darlings. But uh, also, the Dodgers haven't won it since the 80s, so, you know, they might deserve it. So, speaking of which... I want to talk to you, which is uh, both these teams have kind of been described as teams of destiny. But for you, who is it? Who is your team of destiny? Uh, you know, if, if I hadn't known the score, I would say uh, the Rays, uh, really young team. I always like to pick the hot hand. The Rays, you know, according to a lot of people, really shouldn't have been where they're at. Just been getting insane outfield play, really good pitching. Uh Really good hitting as well, and I'd pick the hot hand. I still, I still am gonna pick uh, the Rays to win, 
because I think uh, the Dodgers love to choke somehow always, like we've seen. Uh, but if and the, but the Dodgers pitching staff is just filthy. It's nasty, man. So I think my team of destiny is still the Rays. That's the team I'd like to see win. But in my heart of hearts, I think this is the year the Dodgers finally get it done. Yeah, I, I think my team of destiny's got to be the ball. Uh, got to be the what the. <laughs> Has, Baltimore has, Dodgers. The Baltimore Dodgers uh, has, has got to be the LA Dodgers. Uh, it's just, and it's weird to weird to be rooting for either of these if, if from a team from either of these cities right now. After, what, uh, I remember somebody somebody tweeted out was like, "Congrats on, congrats to LA and Tampa making the <laughs> making the World Series teams that have longstanding series title droughts such as." 17 days for Tampa and eight days for Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, what a year! What a year we could be looking at for Tampa Bay. Uh, right. if, if the Lightning win the Cup and the Rays win the World Series, if if Tom Brady were to were to take the Tampa Bay, oh, uh, and, I'm, be... and, and, and but but the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year. That would be and, so fun for Tampa. That would be oh a lot my, of fun for them. Oh my gosh! You know, as somebody but, who's I mean, got to see his, has got to see his recent... city win two championships in, in the last five didn't years. Didn't they win in the early thousands? Didn't Tampa win the Super Bowl in the early thousands with Chris yeah. Sims? Didn't, no, didn't he get no, a dub? No. Uh, oh, with, oh, sorry. I'm just thinking of John Gruden. I don't know who the coach was, but it was it was, it was a great defense. That's all I know. Uh, I don't know who the quarterback was. Sorry. But yeah, John I mean, Gruden, right. we were like John Gruden won so. like back-to-back Super Bowls, didn't he? Because he won, won one with the Raiders. And, and then, then the, the Raiders yeah, traded him away. Time. Yeah, the Raiders traded him away, and then he won the Super Bowl against the Raiders the following yeah. year. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, we were like what five? So <laughs> two thousand two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers got to be my team of victory, uh, team of destiny. Um, it would have been fun to see them play the Astros if they both would have rallied from. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. But they at the end of the day, other. do you really want to give the Astros that good of a shot at winning the World Series? Absolutely right. not. I mean, while I'm that's while kind it of... would have been fun, I'm much happier with the Astros at home. Sure, and um. Sorry, the A's. The A's are NL, right? No. Uh, A's Oakland. Are in the a- AL West. They're on the AL West. Oh man. Oh, that's kind of lame. But uh, yeah. I mean, Astros Dodgers just a nasty matchup. Would be a lot of fun. Um. But but well, yeah, we're here. I mean, we're here with Dodgers Rays, and I think yeah, I think the Dodgers are. I think this is. I think this is a year of the redemption. You know, all the stuff think, came come came out last uh, during the off season. I think. I think it'd be great to watch the Dodgers win. Yeah, this is definitely going to seven, though. I think each of these teams just find really scrappy ways to win. I don't think it's possible for us to see this series ended earlier than seven. Man, Unless and something that's, disastrous. And, and that's exactly what I had as well. I have that written down. Seven games either ways, either way. And I think I was with you where I was leaning towards the Rays. But it, I was, and I was even going to say whatever, whatever happens tonight would be a big indication of what's going to happen. And maybe the Dodgers, maybe the Dodgers do have what it takes. Because I think sure. I think what I it mean, comes down to, and this is going to be a lame, semi-lazy take, but I think it, it, it comes down to what can Kershaw come out here and do. So right, much yeah. of the Dodgers' success comes off of uh, Kershaw being that stopgap and being able to uh, step up and, you know, or being that guy like, uh, and I'll, I'll say these words very care. I'll say this name very carefully. It still brings up a little bit of trauma, but uh, you know if Kershaw could be that Madison Bumgarner type, ah, I know, noises. I know where where he comes in, where he comes in there and uh, can pitch, you know, two or three amazing games, and you know, come in and do a relief 
appearance or right. two and be solid enough and be that guy that they need him to be. If Kershaw can show up and actually produce and be them and be the Kershaw that we know in the regular season, love it. I love it. Right. I love the Dodgers. But as Rose fans know, playoff Kershaw might choke a couple of times. So Yeah. Yeah, Kershaw. Jeez. Jeez. But yeah, I'm 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 with you. So what's your what's your official World Series prediction? We'll write it down. Uh, everybody you know, everybody I think the last score. couple teams to win the first game have actually lost the World Series. Um I cuz I know that's a fact because uh the Nationals uh were the uh the second home team because there were zero home wins last year. Right. Um, so they, I, I they think won the last one, which would have meant that, that yeah, they, was... yeah, they won all of the away games. There was yes. zero home games won. Yeah. So they, right. so they won at Houston all four times, right. but I'm actually going to go raise. Um, I'm just staying with my hot hands. Like I like to do. Um, right. they look spicy. Uh, I think we can liken the, the Dodgers to the lightning though, in that they're on their revenge tour. Uh, from the previous season of disappointment. Um, but yeah, if if the Rays stay hot, they'll get that dub. But if the Dodgers are angry enough, and by the way, I don't normally like the Dodgers, but they got a lot of fun characters on this Dodgers team this oh, year, yeah. like Joe yeah. Kelly, Tim Hill. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's one of those where I don't think I'll be mad either way, honestly, what happens here. It's kind of about how I felt about the NHL playoffs. Like even though even though Tampa knocked out the the Islanders, uh, I really wasn't that like upset to see them win, mm-hmm. and I would have been fun to watch the Stars win also. But um, yeah. it's like for, and and I had the Rays written down, and here's but and I had it written down that it, it comes down to whether or not Kershaw Kershaw implodes. So Kershaw coming out tonight and having a good performance makes me want to switch be switch to the Dodgers. But I wrote this down, and I want to be a man of integrity. I don't want to be Patrick Mahomes faking to. Go out of bounds, or a Dan Marino faking the spike. So I want to. I'll, I'll stick with what I writ, wrote down <laughs> earlier today before this game started, and I and I'll say I'll say seven games with it going to the Rays. Yeah, it looked good. Should be fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so funny because like normally you think of the Dodgers as a powerhouse, but I think their last title was '82. Right. So, you know, it's we wouldn't exactly peg them as like a kind of a Kansas City Royals. But it's been. 40 years, but it has been. So, you know, I'd be happy for either team to win. Yep, I'm with you. All right, so that does it for our sports content. Owen, let's uh, – I, 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 I sent you the prompt. I sent you the, the information. Our, yes, our top ten that we're doing this week, your top ten power rankings that we're doing this week are sodas. Woohoo! All Very right, nice. sir. Owen, get us rolling. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, as you know, I'm a rapid and uh, avid connoisseur of soda. Got several empty cans uh, sitting around me. Um, not at all times, but just so happens that they're on my desk. Kind of clean them up. But uh, something that isn't dirty and that's actually very clean is my top 10 list of sodas. Now, I've got a nice definitive list here. So let's get right into it. Starting in the number 10 spot and not the number one this week is any Fanta soda. They're all pretty comparable in their own right. Some nice fruit fruit sodas. Uh, if you had to pick a best, if you had to pick a best one, um, Fanta Apple's really good. It's not my favorite though. I'd have to go with uh, Fanta Orange or Fanta Grape. Just classics. Yeah. Okay. Sure. 
Um, and I put them at about the same spot. Fanta Orange, Fanta Grape, both real good. Um, I'd like to kind of dog on Fanta Blue, though. Uh, Fan- the, the blue Fanta should be better than it is, but it's not very good. I would agree. I would agree. Okay, at number nine, I got Barks Root Beer. Uh, nice, nice spicy root beer. Kind of the toughest of the root beers. That's got some good flavor. So you get yourself a number nine spot. Big at fun. number eight, we're pulling up with Sprite. Uh, challenger for top five in a lot of people's uh, list. But I think a lot of other sodas beat it out. But uh, you can always rely on a Sprite. Has healing properties. You get to make the top ten Sprite. All right, number seven, Orange Crush. I actually think that Orange Crush can beat out Fanta for the orange soda category, specifically because I think it dominates the orange soda uh, debate. I, this might be because I'm biased because the hospital has it uh, and, I, and I drink it for lunch all the time. But I think Orange Crush is deserving of a top 10 spot and it's going to make my list number seven. It's hard to find, a, uh, find an orange soda on tap. I, uh, that's, not a, that's, that's not really neither here nor there. But like I swore McDonald's used to have it on tap. I don't think they have Fanta Orange on I know, tap. No, they had a high C. Well, they had high C also, but I think they also had Fanta Orange. I, I feel like I feel like everybody's getting away from my Fanta, my Fanta Orange, and you know, and every now and again, I, I you know, and I don't want to Fanta, and I get it because I don't want a Fanta Orange all the time, or I don't want yeah. an orange all the time. But yeah. man, when I do want an orange soda, man, I want an orange soda right now. I want it. I want <laughs> yeah, it. Man. I mean, and now I want yeah. it. Now that we're talking about orange soda right now, I, I want it. All right. Sorry. And that's why I kind of that's kind of why I have two orange sodas make my top ten because yeah. very craveable soda. And now number six, always dependable, uh, should be in everybody's top seven sodas, is a Wild Cherry Pepsi. Just a very dependable and good soda. Um, arguably the best cherry flavor, even if you're a Coke fan. I think Wild Cherry Pepsi is probably the best uh, cherry cola. So uh, Wild Cherry Pepsi makes my list at number six. Yes. And with cherry its Cherry Pepsi f- better than Cherry Coke. But yes. Coke is better than Pepsi overall. Yes. Okay. Correct. Um, coming in at number five, uh, conveniently enough, because two plus three is five, is Dr. Pepper. Uh, very dependable, really popular in the South. Fresh Dr. Pepper out of the tap is amazing. Uh, Dr. Pepper is conve- uh, consistently the best soda on tap at restaurants. Uh, most consistent soda for tap, so it's going in at number five. At number four is Mountain Dew. Um, wow. Really wow. nice flavor. Uh, Mountain Dew has the best alternative so flavors. Code Red, uh, Pitch Black, Voltage, uh, any special holiday flavor they come out with is always fire. Mountain Dew's coming in number four. Uh, number three, this is going to shock a lot of people, A&W Root Beer. Super smooth root beer. Uh, if you've ever had it from an actual A&W restaurant, it's incredible. It's, it's life-changing. Okay, okay. Here's my thing about it. It's, man, I went to an A&W uh, like restaurant, like I swear, yeah. like a few months ago, like right before yeah. all this started. And I had it from the tap. Yeah. Kind of tasted like shit. Didn't do it for you? Weird. It, and, and I'm, you know, I like it out of the can. Um, hmm. But, yeah, I, it was weird. I, didn't, I don't know if they changed the formula at the restaurant or whatever, but it, it tasted like shit, man. Maybe because you had a bad go. I don't know. Uh, I Maybe, think you A&W, know. Yeah, the, A&W don't is don't like an Iowa shit. thing, so you're kind of far away from Iowa. Uh, sure. Maybe you just had a bad go at it. Um, at number two, uh, this should be in everybody's top two, non-negotiable, uh, specifically from McDonald's, is McDonald's Coke at number two. It really should be in everyone's top two. It really should. McDonald's Coke, incredible. It's one of the best sodas. 
And uh, I, I think I know Truman knows was my number one soda. I, I always talk about this when we come to the soda debate. Uh, doesn't need 23 flavors, just needs one spicy cherry. It's uh, Mr. Pib or Pib Extra. Spicy cherry soda is the best one. It's got the, be- it's got the best uh, sp- spicy cherry flavor. Um, it's just it, spicy cherry cola. It's just spicy cherry soda, and it's the best. I know. Better than it's it's really better than Dr Pepper. For those of you Dr Pepper believers out there, please try Mr Pib. It's better. I don't know if Mr. I put this, I don't know if I put this out on the internet yet, but I do want to. I do want to. Um, I I like to imagine Doctor Mister Doctor Pepper sitting there in his in his office, having gone to school and got his doctorate in soda studies. Has has this perfect blend? He's been in the lab all night, and he's this perfect blend. Twenty three flavors, perfect. And he and who? But who walks in? This fucking guy, Mister Pib, doesn't even have his degree in soda. He just happened to put a little spice and some cherry, and he pulls up and he says, "Hey, this is pretty good. You want to try this?" And I imagine Doctor Pepper sitting there. He just takes a long sip of it. God damn it! <laughs> he's, been, he's been eight years getting getting a degree, getting me, measuring twenty three perfect flavors, and the one he was looking for was just spicy cherry cola. That was all he was looking similar, for. Similar, similar to the people who uh, sell sesame seed buns to Ralph's. Um, sesame seed buns being uh, the same price as regular buns, meaning sesame seeds are worthless. I'd imagine same kind of uh, thought process That's goes fair. in there. All right, all right. So but that's yeah, all... so running it back through, uh, any Fanta at number 10, then Barks, then Sprite, then Orange Crush, then Wild Cherry Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew, and OU Root Beer at three, McDonald's Coke specifically at number two, and then Mr. Pip at number one. And yeah. that is your definitive list. I don't, I don't hate that list. Uh, you know, a few interests. I'm going to have some interesting ones on my list. And you can, right, you, can always, you can always expect that from me to have some interesting ones that are outside the box. That you, but it, it'll all be ones that you'll listen to and you'll go, you know what? I, I would believe that he believes that. Okay. Um, my one, I actually want to start out with an honorable mention that didn't make the list because I had to throw number 10 in there just for everybody else. But a, an honorable mention is one that I got turned on to kind of recently. But it's the Tropical Mix Sprite at McDonald's. I'll tell oh, you what. Oh yeah, that like it's like purple sprite. Uh, it's uh, no, it's like tropical berry. It's tropical berry sprite. And, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And like that's like you know, it's it's a shock. It's different, but um, it's it's good. And it it it, it just because I've been drinking it as long, it's not going to make my top ten here. But I but I would be remiss not to mention it as I've discovered this here recently. Yeah. Um, probably since the Corona stuff has started. Honestly, I think that's when I started. Okay, I'm with you. It. But number ten, and this is and this is one that is, this is a pick for America. This is for all the white moms in America. At number ten, Diet Coke. Diet Coke <laughs> comes in at number ten. I understand you moms need your caffeine and you and you like it in 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 soda form and low calories and you get that aspartame. Diet Coke coming in at number ten. I couldn't right, leave it off right. the list. That's a little shout out to my mom there. Uh, she doesn't listen to the podcast, but maybe she will if I told her that we mentioned Diet Coke. Uh, uh, number nine, uh, and we talked about we talked about restaurant sodas. My number nine is actually Mountain Dew Baja Blast. This is a this, this could be yeah. a little low for a lot of people, but uh, 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 Mountain Dew Baja Blast deserves to be in the top ten. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. Um, 
That's that's really all I got to say about it. You go and get some. They don't even just sell it at Taco Bell anymore. But you know what a marketing technique that was. The that's the weirdest thing ever, but it worked out so perfectly, and nobody's been able to do it since. You know, like Wendy's came out with their Dave's Cola. Nobody gave a shit. You know, like McDonald's with their Tropical Berry Sprite. It's only at McDonald's. Nobody gives a shit. You know, but Baja Blast at Taco Bell. You would go to Taco Bell just to get Baja Blast. Yeah, that's hundred percent. Um. But moving on, my number eight is where I put the Fantas. I put, I again, and just like you, I put all the Fantas. I'd have to say my top Fanta, Pineapple. Pineapple Fanta Ooh, is... Yeah, I, you know, I've actually never had Fanta Pineapple. Oh, that sounds good. You should go try it, and if you're drinking, you know, add a little... Add a little a oh, little, you little can make like a pina colada out oh, of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I don't drink coconut so, uh, rum anymore <laughs> for personal reasons, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Maybe we'll get into that one of these days. Maybe one of these days. Uh, moving on from any talk of coconut rum at number seven uh is you you had this and you had this but i want to be specifically here i want to be more specific even than you had it um mcdonald's sprite is at number seven that is the crispest sprite it's way better than out of the can or out of the bottle i don't know what it is i you you bring me a sprite in a can or a bottle i'll drink it it's fine but you bring me a mcdonald's sprite that shit slaps. I'm I'm yeah. all about the McDonald's Sprite. And right above that is I and you had this one a little higher than me. No idea, but I have McDonald's Coke right there up top there as well. Yeah, uh, fine. I've got a solid five. You'll you'll understand, but uh, you know, we have different taste buds, but you know, uh, I guess I guess what what I'm trying to say to you is I I like what McDonald's is doing with their sodas nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I have three McDonald's specific sodas. One, you can only find at McDonald's, but, you know, the other two are just way better at McDonald's. And there's a science to it. I, I know they're running an ad campaign of you could, like, ask uh, – please don't go off. But you could ask Siri uh, why Coke tastes better at McDonald's and give you the long explanation. It's something like they keep the syrup cold or the the Coke yeah, is made so, with ice. or there, there is something about it. I can't yeah, remember Yeah, speaking about that, by the way, if I can add on here real quick. I was actually talking to my parents about McDonald's Coke. And I think they said in the, either the 90s or early thousands, uh, McDonald's was running an ad campaign with Coke saying uh, Coca-Cola, best at McDonald's. And that was a, uh, an ad campaign they ran say, stating that Coke was the best at McDonald's. And apparently they just stopped saying it because it's been true. So, <laughs> Right. So oh, I guess there's five reasons. Oh, interesting. Uh, but, it is, it, but, but one of those things is the special storage techniques. Huh, interesting. Uh, oh, oh, interesting. Okay, okay. So while most sodas come in uh, plastic containers, right? They do. That's true. The Coke syrup that comes to McDonald's comes in stainless steel tanks. Interesting. Very interesting. Very. You learn something new every day. You learn yeah, no, here yeah, on the Dom. Yeah, I had worked at Dairy Queen. Uh, and Papa John's soda definitely does come in like plastic. It comes in like a oh, a yeah. plastic bag. That's uh, inside a cardboard box. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. We've all. I did that. I did that at uh, the country club I worked at for a while. Yeah, um, it, yeah. A lot of things that somebody doesn't know. So. So there you go. Stainless McDonald- steel, huh? McDonald's cool. Coke, stainless steel. My number six. Number five, root beer. Uh, you can. Uh, you you went specific on your root beers. Uh, I actually, you know what? I think in my older age, I've ten- I've trended more towards. Uh, the barks than the A and W. I okay, I enjoy yeah. that nice sharpness that it's got to it. I yeah, it's got like a very specific sharpness that everyone yeah. knows what you're talking about. <laughs> but like, I won't be upset either way. But there's definitely it's different moods 
on which root beer I would want you to give me. But yeah. like the ones that you get at like a like a state fair or like a Santa Caligon oh. days if you're from Independence, Missouri or any or like your whatever your Labor Day festival that you might have is called. We had Raytown Roundup days for a while. That was a thing. Um but uh the, your local root beer stand that shows up there, that's the best root beer. Facts. Yeah, facts. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, my number four, and this will be surprise a lot of people about how low I have this one, but Mountain Dew comes in at number four. Um, that was my number four too. Yeah, but uh, I drink more Mountain Dew. As I, well, I stopped in my senior year of college. I stopped being able to drink energy drinks. Like I get, I get real anxious about it and stuff. I just, I lost my tolerance in, or coffee. I lost my tolerance to a lot of high, ca- highly caffeinated beverages, which huh. was just odd. I can't, I just can't drink those anymore. So every now and again. If I needed caffeine, I'm like a suburban mom, and I well, don't, it's good I don't, for your heart, I don't so. get I don't get Diet Coke, but I do go get like a Mountain Dew. So yeah, it's, uh, it not drinking energy drinks is good for your heart anyway. So yeah, but you replace it with all that sugar. So uh, well, I guess there's a lot of sugar in energy drinks. I don't know. Um, sorry, excuse me. And number three, and this is gonna be the I have two up here at no, uh, in my top three that are gonna be everyone's gonna go what, but you gotta go. Uh, you gotta go I'm and try. It I know which one of these is. Number yeah, you know what one of them is for sure. That and it's my number one. Um, but my oh, number hell yeah. my number three actually is Mountain Dew Livewire. And for those who don't know it, that's that the, should be up that's, there. That's, that's so that's good. The orange Mountain Dew, and it's the best one. And nobody, yeah. it's not on any taps. Like Code Red will be on taps. Baja Blast is on taps. Mountain Dew's on taps. Yo, I've seen Voltage on taps before. I've seen Goji Strawberry Mountain Dew, which is a yeah, which is like a too. secret one. That one's a weird one. That it's like there's one spot in Manhattan and there's one spot down here in Albuquerque that has it. But really, bo- the Goji Strawberry? Yes, but it's wow. great. But one, but what it, what nothing ever has is as Orange Mountain Dew, which is the Live Wire Mountain Dew, which is in my opinion the best Mountain Dew that's out there. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so good. So good. Uh, my number two is uh, another one that, if you, if you know me well, uh, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is my number two. It's yeah. very good. And it would have been my number one for a lot of years until I discovered the number one. And oh, I yeah. want to point out that I was drinking number one before they started to bottle it and there was the big marketing com- campaign. I've been a, a truther on this drink for a long time. I Once Coke Freestyles came out, I think me and my mom – Went crazy one night at, at like a Five Guys. Like it was just me and her, or whatever. And me and my mom just, you know, we're kind of just we're, we're odd people at times. And, and we were drinking on the Coke Freestyle, and we we're like, let's just try something weird. Let's try some weird flavors. And what did I? I fixated. I I, I went over to Coke, and what did I fixate on? But orange Coke. And I was like, you know what? Let me try a little orange Coke here. Oh. Oh. The, the symphony of flavor. An orange Coke is just like a Cokier Coke. It just, <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it to you. It's just perfect. And it just, it brings out, there's that much more flavor on it. And it's better than the lime or the vanilla or your vanilla lime or your cherry or your cherry vanilla. It's mm, perfect. Orange Coke was perfect. And they started to pack the packages of orange vanilla Coke even better. Awesome in the bottles. Everybody knows about it now. Just, it's it was the it's the best and if you and, you, and it's the best out of a coke freestyle for sure but i it, would like to point out i would like to confirm and corroborate truman's story of him being an orange coke truther he definitely was on it before everybody i'd like to get that on the airwaves it's true i'm just telling you i'm telling you 
Uh, all right. Well, I think that that about wraps it up for. You want to go back to your top ten real quick, just to remind. Oh yourself. yeah, yeah. You're right. All right, all right. Honorable mention: Tropical Berry Sprite from McDonald's. Number ten: Diet Coke. Number nine: Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Number eight: Any of the Fantas, specific, but the pineapple one's the best. Number seven: McDonald's Sprite. Number six: McDonald's Coke. I uh, really like what's going on at McDonald's. Number f- number five is root beer. I really don't, have, but I prefer Barks over A and W. Number four is Mountain Dew. Number three is Mountain Dew Live Wire. Number two, Dr Pepper, and number one, the best of all of them, Orange Vanilla Coke, but specifically Orange Coke from a uh, from a freestyle. But you can't find it anymore now. It's all just Orange Vanilla. But that's my number ten. That's my top ten. Number one, Orange Vanilla Coke. Perfect. All right. All right. I actually haven't had the orange vanilla. Uh, you said that you can't get orange Coke out of the freestyle anymore. It has to be orange vanilla. It has to be orange vanilla Coke, which is kind of, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind fun. of a travesty, to be honest. I mean, or, but but a lot of people think it's like the vanilla that'd be the forefront fl- flavor in that. It is the orange that makes that. Thank God. So okay, because that was what made orange Coke good. Right. And Owen, and Owen, I do want you to know that we are getting compliments on our hair. In, in the chat, so oh, we're, we're having a good we're having yeah. a good hair day. I, I mean, think I think we know, both I think we both got the fresh you know, cuts here in the past in the past two weeks here. So uh, I know we're you know we're looking good. If you want to get catch our fresh cuts, uh, we are live on Twitch uh, fairly often. Um, I, I stream what Mondays? Sorry. I stream Mondays. No, I don't stream Mondays. Sorry, Tuesdays, sometimes Wednesdays, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Owen streams yeah. whenever he feels like it. Uh, you can find <laughs> me at twitch.tv slash Steam Machine. That's uh, S-T-E-E-H-N-M-A-C-H-I-N-E. I'm the same on Twitter. And you also find me on another Twitter account. It's CG Sports RWTM for Rolling with the Machine. Uh, mostly just uh, purely sports betting content on that one. And you can find Owen Dom over there. Uh, that's Owen Dom. That is D-A-H-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. And the number seven. You can find. Yeah, I'm actually gonna plug my Twitter today. Oh my god! It's actually Owen at Owen Gosh Domit, and that would be O W E N capitalized G O C H, then D A H M capitalized M I T for an Owen Gosh Domit at Twitter.com. So there's my second plot. I hope you guys had your notepads ready to write down Owen's Twitter handle because there it is. Oh. <laughs> uh, but as as always, we like to wrap it up with a little pop culture minute. Owen, you want to go first? You got your oh yeah. You know I, I'm I'm taking to the Truman Steen style of yelling about things. Oh hell yeah, dude! And and you know, thank you Perry for uh for the follow on Twitch. I really appreciate that. But uh, so let me get right into my uh, Owen's hate minute real quick. If you're a parent and you have a son or a daughter who plays soccer and you have no idea how soccer is played, shut the fuck up at the games, please. It is the most annoying thing ever. And I, oh, it gets me so mad. Call it both ways, ref. There's, this isn't football where teams can be favored. If it's a foul, if it's a, it's a foul. If your kid sucks and hits somebody late in the back of the leg and gets a yellow, it's an easy yellow to give. Stop yelling at the refs, especially at youth games where the people refereeing are like also I 15. My children, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're yelling, you're yelling at like 12 They yell like at kids. They're yelling at kids and they don't even know the rules themselves. You know how you spot Truman? A, a parent who knows how soccer is played, you know how you spot them at, at, at a youth 
children's games, they don't say anything. They sit there on the sidelines and they cheer for their kid. They go, yay, they celebrate goals, but for the most part, they're silent. And that's how you spot a parent who's actually played soccer before. All right. That's my that's, that's my that's my minute, dude. I think that was oh actually pretty gosh. close to me. I think that's the closest we've ever come to a minute. And I think I'm actually gonna be pretty close too, honestly. Uh, what I want to talk about is a little bit of something that hits close to home. Uh, for anybody who knows uh, me or Owen personally, you know that we attended a certain university in Kansas. At Kansas State University. And oh boy, it's the big game of the week, folks. It is the Sunflower Showdown during football season at K-State fans' favorite time of year. Yes, sir! <laughs> uh, we're facing, we are facing the Kansas Jayhawks. Um K-State has been dominating this, and I just want to point this out. I do, we, we, we have to run this every single year. Since I've been alive, I've been alive for 23 years, K-State has only lost to KU four times in those years. And you can imagine the, the four times that they lost. It was around when K, KU went to the Orange Bowl or whatever. And, and, and I ran the math, and uh, KU is up in the all-time series. And, what a lot of, and a lot of people on the KU side will talk about the, the all-time series. But what I want to remind everybody is that unless you are 63 years or older, K-State is ahead in this series since you've been alive. So if you're going to keep on, we're going to keep on counting wins from right around World War II when K when the K-State players were, I assume, were serving in war or whatever. Well, the agriculture boys are in war. You know that. Right, right, of course. So, yeah. So I just, I would like to just point out for everybody, it's just, let's not, let's, Let's all just take a little little bit of a break, huh? And let's. Well, I just want to take this pop culture minute. Owen did the yelling. I just want to take this pop culture minute to take the time to praise those Wildcats over there at K State. They're off to a great start to the season, and they are going to absolutely bum rush KU this week. Oh, yeah. oh! I'd like to add on to your minute here, Truman. Um, K State is going to stop this team so bad that their best running back uh, quit the. Right after he played the game before K State, he played the game before K State, and then he decided he was going to opt out. That's not a coincidence, folks. No, that's not a coincidence. Right, and always, and always the reminder, Owen. If anybody ever asks, you know, whether whether they be uh, your aunt or uncle, or maybe even the head coach of the KU football team, if they ever ask who is K State, you tell them it's their football daddy. Your daddy is correct. I've been Truman Steen. That's been Owen Dom. You can find him at twitch.tv slash domination7. Me, it's twitch.tv slash steenmachine. Uh, episode 7. We appreciate you guys being here, especially if you're yes, here. sir. We'll see you guys next week, hopefully celebrating another Chiefs win and a K-State dub. Yes, sir.